Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I mean, I'll tell you what's been going around in my head for what feels like days is the seminal metaphor from, um, I was going to say Katie Price, that's not her name, is it? Katie Perry. <laughs> Katie Price of only. Do you ever feel like a plastic bag? I mean, it's the live, laugh, love of pop music, essentially. But what I've been mulling over is what bag? Answers on a postcard, please. It's episode 25. After the tone, after the tone, leave your message after the tone. Hello, hi, hi, hello, 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 hi, hi, woo, hi, yeah, hello, hi, hi, welcome, hello and hello, hi and welcome <laughs> to the last in the current series of After the Tone. I'm very excited. Oh God, Deb, isn't it a fucking relief? These bunch of our souls, anyway. <laughs> Hello, welcome. Uh, this is the listening experience for those of you who are clearly a sandwich sort of a picnic, and we provide the buffet. Hello to the fifty percent more downloads uh, on last week's episode. Popular. Also, hello to Apple Podcast Top 10 Charting in Ireland. Yes, please. We'll have that. And also, hello to the three new countries that have joined the party, Sweden, Italy and Norway. So if you're in any of those regions, give yourself a hello. I mean, I'm sure you'll give yourself more than that, to be fair. Regulars around here will know how it works. If you're new around here... I mean, I'm sure you'll work it out for yourself. Come on, you can't be spoon-fed into everything in life. Come on. Do you know what I mean? There's the internet, Google it, or just listen to another episode where I've explained it to you. Anyway, last in the current series, I'm elated. Yes, yes. To tell you the truth, I think me and producer Deb just need a bit of respite. Essentially from just entertaining you, ungrateful bunch of knobheads every week. <laughs> If you're new around here, literally all that people do is they come here just to be sort of insulted by me. But don't worry, I know people are having a bit of a panic attack about it. But, you know, we're going to be back. We'll be back in two weeks, you know, because Debbie and I are clearly full of 
Catholic shame, a bit of self-flagellation goes a long way with us. <laughs> now, I, there is a bit of a warning, though, because if in that fortnight you dickheads start going over to Jesse Ware or you start listening to some fucking true crime shit and start getting ideas about how to kill people, I tell you what, you won't be welcome back here, okay? So I want you for two weeks to sit in silence until we're ready for you, all right? No cheating on us. No polyamory podcastery, please. Okay? This is a monogamous <laughs> podcast. I've said weird things in my time. Date for the diary, 11th of March. That's when we'll get back. If you could put that in your ever busy schedule from essentially walking to and from the living room and wondering what is going to be in the middle aisle of Audi on a Thursday now. I mean, that's how exciting your life is. Anyway, how am I? Was that you saying, oh, hello, Scotty, how are you? No, no, it's never hello, Scotty and producer Deb, how are you, is it? No, it's always, how's Joe I hope Joe is okay. Oh, the camera, I hope the camera's okay. Never, just but me, sat here like fucking chopped liver, no one gives a shit. How am I? Oh, well, I t- do you know what? I tell you what, things are going to change around here after the commercial break. I tell you what, none of you fucking knobheads ask me how I, oh. So you know what? Seeing there's nobody ask, I'm going to tell you. I'm actually doing all right, really. (laughs) I mean, I'm just as surprised as you. Hi, Scotty. It's Amy the Pond Dipper here, although currently in the warmth and comfort of my bed rather than a cold pond. Hope everyone's doing okay. I just wanted to weigh in on the where animals should and shouldn't be allowed in the household debate. So about 15 years ago, I found myself in a relationship with a man. I mean, I say he's a man. It seems much more likely that he was a demon spewed from the bowels of hell in a particularly unfortunate diarrhoea incident. He was dreadful. But anyway, a couple of months into our relationship, we got a puppy together and he was an absolute delight to have in my life. Ditched the man, kept the dog for another 13 years until he died. But shortly after we got the dog, (laughs) we were interrupted in the midst of, you know, doing the do because the dog had crept up on the bed and was licking the boyfriend's balls. (laughs) Which, as you can imagine, I found absolutely hilarious. The boyfriend, not so much. From that point onwards door very much shut at all times during that kind of activity and then the other point I'd like to make is that my dog would never in a million years shower or bathe with me I mean absolutely no I mean I feel like it would have been just so traumatic for him to have even attempted it he was the kind of dog that If you were out walking and it started to rain, he would jam his tail so far in between his legs that it was quite clear to me that he believed that if a single droplet of water touched his butthole, he would die from it. So, yeah, as a result, I was very much showering alone um, during that time. Okay, thanks. Bye. Oh, see, I mean, I did tell you. I did tell you it's a bunch of fucking weirdos, isn't it? Lovely Amy the Pond Dipper there, who is also a member of the backstage crew. Just putting that out there. We'll talk about that in a bit. Now, when Amy started this 
by talking about where they sit on the uh, animal bathing situation. I thought, Amy sounds like Amy grew up in a house with a piano. Sorry, if you're posh, piano, piano, piano. So I thought, whatever Amy says is going to be the way it's supposed to be done. Do you know what I mean? Because it sounds a bit Downton and Abbey. I hate to typecast people, but I mean, it's my nearest cultural signifier. <laughs> And then you hear the story unfold and you realise that Amy can't be trusted with animals and someone should be calling the RS uh, straight away. I have questions about about this. And they're not going to be the questions that I think... (laughs) I think you think I might ask. I want to know, how did you decide who got the dog? I mean, if it was your dog, collective dog, you know, it's not a vase. It's not one of those things where you're like, well, you can have that because you like it more. Or maybe you did. Maybe you were like, oh, you like it more. Or were you just possessive? Were you like, that's my dog because I paid for it? <laughs> maybe it was an amicable split. Look at me. I'm always seeing that there might be tension. Quite enjoyed the fact that Amy calls it doing the do. You know, and you just know Amy's been brought up in a proper house with a door. <laughs> Unlike us working class people, we just have fabric at the door. <laughs> now, I didn't think I'd ever say this on this podcast, but <laughs> I wonder how your boyfriend at the time felt by being teabagged by a dog. <laughs> and like, was it... Oh God, I can't believe I'm even going here. Was it that the boyfriend was like, oh, um... You're enjoying this? (laughs) Or was it sudden realisation? You know, was there a, oh, this feels lovely. Oh, by the way, that's not me. Good point to note here about your dog bum hole. (laughs) And not wanting to get it wet is a great signifier of your dog's sexuality because your dog clearly doesn't want to douche. So heterosexual dog, there you go. I've diagnosed your dog. Many thanks. Hiya Scotty, it's um, Pigs in Blankets here. That's the first time I've used the nickname you gave to me last time I rang. (laughs) I've loved hearing about everyone's pets and their pet stories. And I know you're not going to like this, but I love the idea of rats in the bath. JRF, I thought that was lovely. (laughs) Sounds so cute. There's no way that I could get my dog in the bath. She's very scared of most things. But what we do to kind of settle her before we're doing something she can't be involved in is we give her like a plastic kind of (laughs) bumhole (laughs) orifice thing that you shove like food in. So we normally shove that with peanut butter. So, yeah, we don't have much spontaneous sex because if we're going to, then we're normally like, oh, someone go and do the peanut butter (laughs) cock. sounds ridiculous but I can imagine that person that was saying about their flatmate the dog crying at the end of the bed god yeah they're needy and the other thing I wanted to talk about was um your request for weird house rules I have one where I get really annoyed if basically if the details aren't put in the right place and I get so angry with my partner it's silly I like to have a tea towel one by the sink and one on the other side of the kitchen. Makes it sound like I've got a huge fucking kitchen. I don't. But it's so then you can have a tea towel. 
next to the sink when you're drying stuff, but also one over the other side when you've inevitably taken something over to the cupboard and it's not dry enough and you need to give it a bit more of a dry. I'm very lazy. I don't want to walk back over to the other side of the kitchen to get the other tea towel. So that's fine. Um, hope you're all okay and lots of love to everyone. Bye. Pigs in blankets there. Welcome back into the room. Now, as you will recall for the last... 25 weeks in which we've been talking about bathing with your pets because supposedly this is an engaging conversation I was obviously quite perturbed by the idea of getting into a bath with a rat call me strange because I'm clearly the odd one out here because not only are people like bathing with their animals they're like douching their dog or giving their dog a peanut butter fleshlight (laughs) These are all, I, you know what, suddenly I feel like my moral compass with animals might be in the wrong place because maybe I'm doing it wrong, but I just see them as very separate things. <laughs> now, let's get on to the matter in hand here, tea towels, from dogs tea bagging to tea toweling. I am also quite some might say anal, about where a tea towel goes. (sighs) Largely because I've often lived with people that put tea towels over the handle of the oven. Now, this winds me up something chronic because not only does it not make the oven look awful, (laughs) it's like you've put an H&M dress over an oven. There you go. There's a topical reference there for the homosexuals. It just doesn't fit right. Do you know what I mean? You just look at it and you think that shouldn't be there. But it's also a fire hazard. You know, silly me with my fire safety helmet on. (laughs) But I think it looks very untidy. So I like to have a tea towel folded on the side and a tea towel folded over the sink. So I can relate, is what I'm saying. But I've never found something to be so wet that it needs to be dried again before going into the cupboard. Maybe I'm just lazy, i just put it back in the cupboard. First time caller, long time listener. So do I get a badge for that? It's Fran here. Just wanted to say, over lockdown, my mum and I laid some new carpet downstairs. I say new, like second hand, if that's a thing. Maybe that's a sign of working class. I don't know. From my very well-off sister-in-law's parents' house because it got laid the wrong way. So they got new carpet a week after it had been laid. Anyway, but neither of us are very good at being assertive. So preempting various medical people coming around for my mum and stuff we got a sticker off ebay stuck on the front door that says please take your shoes off because neither of us were capable of asking and the one time my mum did manage to ask someone they said if i take my shoes off i won't be able to catch you if you fall and i won't be able to help you the most bizarre situation anyway so um yeah, that's our only house for, and people still come in, ignore the sign, and we don't say anything. Anyway, love the podcast. Thanks a lot. Bye. 
<laughs> well, you know me, I do like a long-time listener, first-time caller, LLFC, or LLFF, as I kept on calling it last week. Well, this is dyslexia for you, do you know what I mean? I've, at least I've got an excuse. And I'm also thick as shit, so there's that. Now, Fran, I just want to say, I really like the way that you walked in the room. It was quite on the offensive. It was very common. And do you know what? Ten points for that. Because <laughs> I just like the fact, like, long-term listener, first-time caller, can I have a fucking badge? <laughs> More of that sort of behaviour, please. But only from common people. Because when posh people talk to me like that, I just want to fucking knife them. Anyway, yeah, we've all... Well, I say we've all been there. I'm not sure if we've all been there. About having the second-hand carpet. We had a second-hand settee when I was a kid from my nan. <laughs> which just looks so out of place in our house. There's so many pictures of me on this, like, brown 70s sofa that make me look like I grew up 20 years before I did. I think if you look at working-class kids' photos from when they were a kid, they look like they are from a generation before because you do have other people's stuff. So, I mean, you know, talk about your one-week-old privileged carpet there, Fran. Do you know what I mean? I had a sofa that was 20 years old. Look at us playing working class Olympics. But yeah, I understand that thing about advocating for those rules as well. Because there's one thing about wanting the rules to be kept. But then when you've got carers and all of that coming in and out, as my nan does. I mean, how do you keep up on it? But I really like the sound of that sticker. My friend Jen, who, when I do my shows, they act as a show parent. So they, like, look after me and advocate for me and, like, make sure I'm all right and that my mentals are all good and all of that. And um, they, to that sticker, would have said, boundaries, boundaries. <laughs> so, like, sometimes I'm able to say, oh, this, please. They'll say, boundaries, boundaries. Because, like, you know, it takes a lot of effort to assert yourself or to say, particularly if you've got anxieties, isn't it? Anyway, friend, it was lovely to speak to you, babe. So I hope you call again. And you know what? If we do do the badges, you can definitely have one. Because um, I like that you're sort of mouthy and gobby. You remind me of myself, Fran. Hiya, Scotty. Love, it's that JRF here. Hello, how are you? Hello, the carer. Hello to the lovely Harry and Liam. And also, hello to Liam. First point of business, I don't want to take away... Liam's truth um, but he's not my Liam um, not that I'm possessive but the Liam of Harry and Liam's fame I'm going public now I, I do know who they were I mean it was just for me for five weeks because I called in on New Year's the New Year's Eve show and then it started to antagonize you and I just went with it <sighs> I'm sorry okay and now this other Liam stepped forward claiming to be the Liam, but it's not the Liam. Secondly, I am so touched by all the lovely messages I've received from people sliding into my DMs with lovely messages after they've listened to the show and sending me love and well wishes. It's so touching and lovely and gorgeous of you all. So thank you. That's really sweet. Um, thirdly, I just wanted to say, Scotty, don't be upset if people approach me for messages, okay? Think of it this way. I am the Martine McClutch bag to your Liza Minnelli. Hear me out. You're a myth. You're an icon. You're a legend. I don't think they're going to slide into your DMs and say, could you send me fella a Christmas message or, I mean, if you're upset by that, I won't tell you that Ashling 
one of her pals contacted me to send her a birthday message via video. But yeah, I'm I'm more approachable. Just saying. I mean, I know you are one of the people. You are the people's princess. Goodbye, England's rose. May you ever grow in our hearts. Anyway, but yeah, I'm doing all right. My bloods are with the doctor. My heart monitors with the, sorry, the blood pressure machine is with the metabolic unit. We'll see what happens. My health's up and down, as it always is. And, and I hear you about being a smaller fat. I mean, I don't think I could ever not be fat anyway when I've tried to be a, a thin. But also, I kind of like the body that I have. Um, it would be nice if it was smaller, only so it wouldn't be something that is constantly mentioned by thing people. But anyway. So, yeah. So, Liam and Harry have come forward. Um, I'm still expecting the true Liam to, to, to come into the fold. But anyway, as ever... Love and light and God bless, sweethearts. Lots of love to you and the ATT crew. And a big kiss from that Jareth. Bye! This is my moment. Oh, that was such a fucking banger. This is my moment. Do you know what? I'd actually prefer to be Martin McClutchin than Liza Minnelli because Liza Minnelli is actually fucking mental, isn't she? <laughs> If you've ever seen that wedding photograph, you're like, oh, okay, right. Now Judy Garland makes sense. <laughs> JRF said there that she is very touched. <laughs> Don't we know? <laughs> now, yes, there was more than one Liam that came forward in last week's episode. And so there is Harry and Liam, but there's also Liam. And, you know, JRF has said to you, Liam, singular, well, I mean, making assumptions, who knows if you're singular, that you're not JRF Slim. Well, you can be fucking my Liam, can't you, dear? Fucker. Now, it's lovely to know that you are on the mend or that there are people looking at your mend. <laughs> I'm sure you've said that before, dear. Health is a weird thing, isn't it? Like, I think my nan said to me once, you don't know your health until you haven't got it. Which is very true, very true. And yes, just on the note about Ashlyn's birthday message, yes, I was also asked and I did it. Okay. Happy birthday, Ashlyn, who was 30 last week. Okay. Little halfway moment there. Oh, lots of new conversations popping up. Very much enjoying this side of the show. We had a lovely review this week from somebody called Johnny Red Pants. What a great name. Get on you, Johnny. And that says, effing fabulous, brilliant, like bottled sunshine. Never fails to make me howl. Love Scotty and the long-term listeners. First and long-time callers. My absolute favourite. Do you know what? I love getting those little reviews and reading them. They are so sweet. So do keep them coming. Um, and as ever, you know, press that little subscribe or like button if your platform allows it. Um, we also really enjoy having a little bit of an hour with you. Hashtag after the tone POD. If you want to talk to us on the Instagram stories, the Instagram DM image. It seems that a lot of people are sliding in the DMs to JRF but also on the Twitter vision we're also over there as well so be sure to hit us up and if you'd like to continue the conversation a bit further and a bit more in full length you can join the After The Tone backstage crew on Patreon patreon.com forward slash After The Tone right let's get back to it Hi Scotty Kara here 
Hello after the toners down the pub. I'll tell you what, these last few fucking days, I could really deal with a real after the tone pub right now full of real people. Chatting about real things because real people do real things. They don't go around shooting guns and steal things. It's an old reggae song. Oh, fucking hell. First of all, Valentine's, fuck off. Do you know what I mean? A corporate fucking load of bullshit makes me want to puke. And again, I suppose you're going on about saints. Ain't any one of your fucking saint crew because he got executed on February the 15th and he's the patron saint of love. And when I looked at it the other day, because I just thought, who is this cunt? And it was like, oh, and he's also the patron saint of epileptic fits. There you go. I feel like I'm having an epileptic fit this fucking week. Oh, and breathe. It's one of those. And breathe. The rage is raging. The stages are staging. It sounds like I'm doing a fucking spoken word piece to you nowadays. Mother's making me raging. Constant complaining. But remember, Betty Levette, doing the best that I can. Yes, we're doing the best that we can with the tools that we've got. Yes. Yes. So what if I feel like a fucking 51-year-old man trapped in a 21-year-old's body? There's a question about that. How do you feel about this fucking gay Peter Pan syndrome that we never need to grow up? Because possibly if we don't bear child and all this. Oh, I don't know. She just I definitely feels out on the limb and could sit at a bar and just fucking slaughter everyone. It feels like I really, really need... Oh, I don't know what we need. I need you. Fucking hell. Anyway, girl. And crew, um, lots of love. Thank you for being out there. Just thought I'd leave a message. Might as well rant at you lot down the pub. That's what you're for. That's, that's what friends are for. Stay strong, stay true, and most importantly, stay amazing, creative creatures that are you. Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> Gorgeous little moment there from our beloved the carer. Oh, I tell you what, I've been fantasising about having a bev, particularly having extra cold Guinness. Oh, I'm gasping for it. Because it's not, you know, with the other bevs, you can sort of, like, get them at home, can't you? But not with an extra cold Guinness. And not a decent Guinness as well. I mean, you could have a can of Guinness. Oh, could you imagine? It's never going to live up. Yeah, Valentine's Day is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? It's just about guilt-tripping heterosexual men into doing... Well, just doing anything. <laughs> and, you know, like all horrific things from heterosexual culture, the gays absolutely lap it up. Oh, I want to do it too. I want to be involved in it too. Oh, so boring, isn't it? But then when you talk about St. Valentine, Valentino, St. Valentino, it started making me think about my patron saint, because, I mean, saints are patrons of the most bizarrest thing. And I've looked this up before but I can't ever remember because my saint I'm gonna I'm just gonna get on the google my saint is like the saint of about 25 different things so we'll look it up here we go so I'm William Francis so my patronage is of the Franciscan order now let me find out where she's the um, patron saint of <laughs> okay so I am named after the patron saint of animal, merchants and ecology, against dying alone, <laughs> against fire 
and the patron saint of the Franciscan order, the Catholic action, families, peace, needleworkers, and Italy as a whole, Malta, Lancaster in England, (laughs) India, San Francisco, the Philippines, California, New Mexico, Colorado, Kansas, New Jersey, and Colombia. So... (laughs) I really love that St. Valentine's was brought up and my one's about against dying alone. <laughs> so, yeah, they are, I mean, they're absolutely ridiculous. They were just like people who had funny haircuts back in the day. Do you know what I mean? We could all be a patron saint of something or other. Oh, do let us know what you think you'd be a patron saint of. Get on the number. You know what to do. Pick up the WhatsApp. Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. I think there are very many reasons for it, some of which you brought up. But I also do think that a lot of queer people are robbed of a childhood and teenagehood and often sometimes in their early 20s. And so when you put these queer people in their own playground, into nightlife or their own communities, we reenact those, we regress, we go back to those moments to sort of reclaim them, I think. And I think it's why often gay male space can be quite bitchy and catty. It turns into the playground And so, you know, like all things, I think there's so much unearthed trauma. I said to someone the other day, I don't think I'm ever going to have trade with somebody unless they've had six therapy sessions. And I say six because it's free on the NHS because, you know, access and all of that. But yeah, there is something about not wanting to die and to forever be young. I wonder what that's about. If you've got any more thoughts and you want to jump in like the conversation, you know what to do. What's his name? Scotty. Hello, Scotty. I'm 90 in a couple of days' time. On the 19th. On the 19th of February. You're 92. 91. 91, I'll be. Anything else you want to tell you about yourself? No, it's all right. I'm all right, son. Robert's looking after me. Aye, we're looking after you. I just thought we'll send that message in so it's her birthday, isn't it? What did we say? Big kiss. Big kisses. Stay strong, stay true. Yeah. <laughs> and stay you. Oh, you got stay a good you. JRF's kiss there. Oh, Mama's joined the party. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? Isn't that gorgeous? Well, happy 91st to you, lovely. Hope you have a good one and make sure you look after that carer of ours because we love her very much. Hello, Scotty, producer Deb and everyone. I'm the one who is with all my big New Year's notions thinking of starting a zine, haven't done it. It's mid-February, we've all given up, it's fine. I just wanted to pick up on the note that you left the podcast on about what you can learn from the youngins in the queer community. I'm 18, so I think I'm in that camp. And I came out very young. I was about 11. And I came out as non-binary, which is a bold move on reflection. But anyway, coming from where I come from, which is quite rural, quite working class, I haven't really had much of a connection to a broader queer community outside my little friendship group. And I haven't had that kind of experience of being around queer elders and learning what it is to be in in our kind of spaces and now that I'm you know grown enough to be going to the clubs and stuff they're all shut because there's that pesky pandemic going on so I really value being able to listen to people on here I know there's some cis heterosexuals part of the the ATT crew hello to all of you but being able to listen to queer adults just talking and just being it means a lot 
not to call you all elders, I wouldn't dream of it, but thank you for creating that kind of resource for people like me who are lacking a bit in that kind of experience. So yeah, hope you're all well. Well, you know me, always close to tears. <laughs> Don't, because honestly, I'll be <laughs> fall apart and there's about 20 more minutes to go. <laughs> Oh, it is lovely, isn't it? Now, first off, hello, little MB baby. Welcome to the party again. And I'm glad you don't put any pressure on yourself to get that zine done. Because, you know, as you said, the wheel's in motion at the start of the year. And then we just, I mean, it's all just come apart, isn't it? So I'm glad you're giving yourself the headspace to be like, well, we'll just wait for that. And yeah, do you know what? Call us elders because, you know, we're much older than you. Quite a few of us are much older than you. I'm imagining, I mean, some people might just have very weathered voices and they might be 19, lovely, but with some of the morbid experiences that is brought to the after the tone table, I'm imagining people are in their 30s. (laughs) Oh, it gives me such courage. You said you were very young and yeah, it's a very brave move and a very big move, but how fantastic, you know how brilliant that you felt you could and you did so congratulations to you debbie insert here congratulations and i don't mean that to sound condescending in the slightest i mean that absolutely genuinely i think quite a lot of queer elders can be often accused of when they hear of people coming out young could be like well it wasn't like that in my day and I never want to rob people of that experience. I fucking, like, I mean, that's the whole point, isn't it? That it just becomes safer. And I'm not saying it was safer for you, but um, I'm glad that you found it slightly quicker. I'm sort of being clumsy around this because I guess it just means it's so lovely. It, it means a lot to hear your gratitude, but to also to think of After the Tone as, like in the old days, we'd have what we used to call a gay bar. <laughs> wild which was you know particularly where I grew up in Camden like the Black Cap was quite an intersectional space I mean everyone knew where everyone stood but um I remember being about 18 working behind the bar there and there being like people in their 50s and 60s who would speak and order in Polari and that was just like so magic for me I was just like oh my god they're just talking this magical language and I just want to know all about it and they were queens that sort of knew the things that I was interested in so they'd seen the performers that I was interested in and they had lived the experiences that other people told me in stories so Well, I do hope we can extend the metaphor of the carers thinking and this space being like the local and extend it more that you can overhear what us old morbid bitches are are thinking about life. It's nice to think that you're sat there thinking, "Mm, this is profound. (laughs) Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Hi, After the Tone crew, you bunch of lovely weirdos. This is the best place. I am a long-time listener and first-time caller, so please can I have a badge? Obviously a metaphorical badge right now. I just wanted to share something with this group because if anywhere's going to get how I feel about this, you lot will. Um, my niece just turned 11, and three weeks before her 11th birthday, she came out to her mum as non-binary, and it just filled my heart with so much joy. I was so, so happy that... It wasn't a big deal for her to say that and at that age to realise your own gender identity and to feel comfortable with saying that is just such a beautiful thing, I think. I just feel 
like this generation, younger generation, just get it. Just know that it's okay. And I just hope they're going to save us all. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure on them. But it also made me, I'm 48, think about my own gender identity. I've always thought I was cis. I am thinking that less and less at the moment. And my nibbling, as she is now, she's still using she pronouns, coming out as non-binary has just really made me think about myself. And that's a blessing too. I just wanted to share how happy it made me that she felt able to do that. And if anybody else has got any stories like that, I'd love to hear them because it's so heartening. Take care all. Bye. Long-time listener, first-time caller, lovely. Uh, we needed one of those this week. I was thinking, oh, it's very regular around here. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like an all-brown advert. <laughs> Sorry, rudely interrupted by something that tells me I'm going to spend tomorrow teaching at Chichester University. I cannot wait. So, yeah, proverbial badge to you. <clears throat> Non-binary at 11. Look at that. So heartwarming, isn't it, that people can find themselves much younger? And like you said, you know, I feel like they understand what that means just to be able to kind of go, This is how I feel, and to be able to vocalize those things as well. Because perhaps, you know, I knew from a very young age that I was different and that I was what I thought was gay. And then you go out on the gay scene and you realize I'm definitely don't fit in here at all, do I? So, yeah, and do you know what? You just also sound very young for a 48 year old, which I hope doesn't sound too ages, but as in. I think because all I've got to go on is people's voices I kind of build this picture in my head of what you all look like and what age you roughly are um so there's three of you now who are non-cis in your family fantastic oh there's something in the water up your way there oh gorgeous lovely I really like that the cis people in the now are gonna have to start coming out in your family (laughs) they're gonna be like um I'm 11 and there's something I need to tell the family I am cisgendered (laughs) My mum made my brother do that, not about being cis, but being heterosexual. My mum was like, you know, if you're gay, it's completely fine. Are you gay? My brother was like, no, I'm straight. And she was like, that's completely cool as well. (laughs) I love that she did that. She was like, well, your brother had to do it. (laughs) So there you go. Fantastic. And um, as that identity unravels or unfolds or changes or coagulates for you, do drop in and let us know. But also, ATT crew, we know from the data at the show that we've got a really high percentage of non-binary and trans listeners. And so you might have other experiences and other words of encouragement that you might want to offer this person. So uh, don't be shy, because remember, without you, there is no show. I know we're taking a two-week break, but that doesn't mean that the calls have to stop, because, you know, if we come back and there's no calls, well, there's no show. So if you are an MB, an MB person, and you would like to offer some words of advice or some knowledge, pick up the blower. Hi, Scotty. It's the secondary school teacher here again. I was just listening to the recent episode of your podcast and you said about including you on the syllabus. Interestingly, actually, part of what I teach, one of my modules is about bad diet and how that affects people's health. I find it a very contentious subject to cover with young people and part of it is I have to cover obesity. Now, as a fat person myself, I obviously find this problematic and I feel that the influence of yourself and the After the Tone podcast actually does influence how I deliver this curriculum. So I've used it as an opportunity to educate my young people 
about how body size, weight does not correlate to health necessarily, about how the BMI scale was never invented to be used to diagnose obesity in people. And I basically teach them that we should all be kind and more inclusive and definitely not judge people and their moral character on what size their body is. And equally, that not all skinny people are really healthy and therefore not all fat people are unhealthy. So I think you are in my curriculum. Love you, bye. Oh, and just to add, what I mean by that is being part of the After The Tone community and getting to listen to you and everything that you bring to the conversation has given me the confidence to deliver my lessons about obesity in a new way. Oh, bless. Isn't that lovely? I like a follow-up course. Thank you very much, secondary school teacher. Yeah, oh my God. I mean... It's that thing, isn't it, where, you know, it's part of the syllabus, it's part of your your job, but you also have your own thoughts, your own lived experience. And as you said, you're a fat body as well. And so, like, what position does that put you in? And so I'm glad that you've been able to find that space to be able to go, well, actually, this is what I think and feel about it. This is what they are saying you need to know. But in the real world, this is how it works and how it unfolds. I remember those lessons at school, talking about healthy diet and all of that stuff. I do just remember my mum being like, I'm never gonna have enough money <laughs> like it wasn't talking to me she was talking to my dad about the homework that we had to do around healthy eating and putting together a healthy meal particularly like my mum really struggled where like for he i had to like bring in food ingredients like it was just this thing where it was like you were just expected to bring in like six eggs and flour and whatever to like make some shit it was like no well, that just came out of your pocket money or your dinner money if you know what I mean which is <laughs> a real side step but I guess what I'm saying there is you know like how class intervenes with the fat body and access to food and food deserts and all of that stuff I think is often a conversation particularly in body positivity and fat acceptance which isn't really acknowledged because I think often people feel to acknowledge class and access is to acknowledge that um, there is an origin to fatness but, you know, I'm I'm super glad that actually uh, you feel that this space has helped you in that way. Look at this. We're ending on a really nice end of season. It's just like we're having all the school teachers in literal sense call up and be like, thank you very much. You've done a lovely job. See you in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, isn't that lovely? Oh, hey. So this is my first time sending an official gossip. I have been sleeping with a Liverpudlian lover. He had a COVID test before he came over and everything and, you know, all very COVID compliant for a hookup. Following them rules, single households, bubbles, COVID tests, you know. Anyway, something strange happened after he last came over. So when he was last over, he asked me to draw him because I sometimes draw nudes. And when he left my house, he crashed his car on his way back to Liverpool nightmare he was fine don't worry he wasn't hurt or anything and neither was anybody else it since transpires that he has had a friend help him find a new car and has had the picture that i drew of him printed onto a mug and has given that mug with that nude on to his friend who helped him find the new car 
just to paint more of a picture of this character, the time previously when he came over and we hooked up, I was covered in so many bite marks, consensual bite marks, that they lasted for three weeks all over my tits. So just strange, isn't it really? And I just think I only became single for the first time in a while earlier on this year. And you just forget the weird things that happen to you when you are out here associating with straight men, don't you? Just strange. So that's my gossip. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Oh, I like a bit of scandal, as you know. I'm a Liverpool lover. Lucky you, you filthy witch. Well done. I'm glad to see that there are very many precautions. I know there will be people frowning at it, but, you know, I'm very much not being a Tory or policeman in my head. Like, if people have made the decisions that they've made and interpreted the rules, which are as vague as you fucking like with this government here in the UK, then they have done what they've done and they're enjoying themselves. And to tell you what... Well, if I could have a Liverpudlian car crash into me, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> now, putting the nude on a mark. It's wild. Like, she's making merchandise for herself. But then also giving it to friends. Like, this is literally like giving a pal an artistic nude for buying you a coffee. Do you know, I, I, it, it is just bizarre behaviour. Bitey titty tit marks. I'm glad you said they were consensual. There is something quite um, teenage about it, isn't it? About the the hickey or the the love bite. Oh no, it's it's not for me. I just whenever I see someone with one, I just think oh, you probably have quite boring sex. But from the sounds of it, it sounds like you're not. So good on you. <laughs> and I think you've just made a whole bunch of homosexualists quite jealous. Hi Scotty, it's Toby, and for once I'm not preparing food. I'm always preparing food when I call, but I thought actually I'm I'm sat at my desk, my internet's gone down at work and I can't do anything, so I thought I would share a tale that I've been meaning to share for a while. So this is the tale of how I hospitalised somebody during sex. And also, you mentioned you're going to get your cheeks filled. Do you mean the ones on your face, or are you going for a little bit of uh, anal investigation? We need to know. Anyway, I shall start my story. So, I hooked up with somebody many years ago, and I have quite a strong, powerful, and voluminous ejaculation. So, when I come, there is a lot of it. And it comes out at force. There's velocity behind it. Now, I I usually warn people that this is the case whenever I've had the opportunity to play with people because it could be dangerous. It could go off in somebody's eye. Funny I should say that. So, I'm hooking up with this guy. We're doing the stuff and he's like, oh, I really want you to come on my face. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine with that. But just make sure you close your eyes because... There'll be a lot of it, and I'd just close your eyes. And he didn't. He kept his eyes open. I guess he wanted to see what was going to happen. And he got cum in his eye. Now, 
getting cum in your eye at the best of times isn't a good idea because it burns. But if that cum comes out with such velocity and impact that it goes behind the eye, then there's trouble. This is what happened. And he was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And his eye started to swell and close up like he was having an allergic reaction in his eye. And it was at that point I realized we needed to get him to hospital. So we, <laughs> we got to the hospital and I made sure I stayed there because he was very much like, I can't believe this is happening. You're going to have to tell them. I'm not telling them anything. And I was more than happy to tell the nurses the story because just for the look on their faces more than anything. But yeah, it ended up with him being held down by uh, a few medical professionals and having his eye washed out with a saline tap. And he was screaming at this point and I thought that was probably the best time for me to leave. I think I actually saw him a few weeks after and I kind of waved and said hello and he completely blanked me. I wonder why. But yeah, that was my story about how I hospitalised somebody with sperm. I'd like to know if anyone else has any hospitalisation sex stories or just embarrassing sex stories. I think they're always quite fun. Enjoy your time off. Enjoy getting your cheeks filled. If it's in the face, I'm looking forward to seeing how that looks. If it's in the butt then are you coming back with a Kim Kardashian-style derriere? These are questions that need to be answered. <laughs> Toby there. Welcome back, Toby. Not eating, not preparing food this time, but welcome back into the room. Now, I tell you, when Toby calls up, we often talk about sexy vibes. And after this story, I don't think I'm ever going to be the same. <laughs> I think a whole bunch of listeners are now going to be wearing those protective visors. <laughs> well, at least they'll get a second use after COVID. Because you know what? There's going to be a hell of a lot of those plastic masks, aren't there? And now we know what we'll do with them. We'll pop round to Toby's and make sure that we're not hospitalised. I mean, the poor person, I mean, you know, we've all, well, we haven't all been there, but many of us have been there. I speak from experience. And at the best of times, you're right, Toby, it can be a very uncomfortable scenario. So behind the eye, oh my God, or just actually just making me talk about it aloud just make me go funny. You know what I'm like at the best of times. Oh, okay. Anyway. Now, the butt thing. Now, me and my friend, BT, we are, well, I say we, I am, and I'm sort of by force making BT obsessed with it, with this essentially like reality television star, in inverted commas, who lives in Dublin, who is kind of, I guess, famous in the UK for being on Big Brother, who is called Huey. Now, Huey <laughs> has got an Instagram, which I'm kind of obsessed with, and has just recently had a Brazilian butt transplant, where he's had the fat from his belly put into his bum. <laughs> and he's been sharing photographs of it. He hasn't been able to sit down for three months. <laughs> and I just find it absolutely compelling. I'm just obsessed, just obsessed. So yeah, that's where that comes from. But, you know, <laughs> 
Maybe I'll have the lipo and sucked out of my belly and shoved in my eye. <laughs> and that is all for season two of After the Tone. Back after a seven-year hiatus. And well, aren't we back? That was episode 25. We're going to be taking a two-week holiday, but we will be seeing you on the 11th of March with a new look. Ooh! And um, a couple of new little exciting things to throw into the mix, why not? But as ever, you know, it would be lovely for you to, in that gap, to still keep us in your minds and keep the conversations rolling. You can start completely new conversations, you can keep these threads going. So as a reminder this week, we were talking about saints, non-binary advice, which I thought was very sweet. Toby wants to ask the room, have you had any sexual mishaps? <laughs> Something tells me, you lot, that that is highly the case. Peter Pan syndrome with the gays. Why is it this desire to always be young? Uh, obesity we spoke about as well. And we had a lovely health checkup from that there, JRF. And a little check-in from the carer and the carer's mum. So remember, you can keep these conversations going by simply opening up WhatsApp and sending a voice note to this number. Zero, seven, double eight, two hundred, three, four, two, zero. You can also help us keep on air by heading over to the After the Tone Patreon. This really is helping keeping us going. There are, as you can imagine, costs attached to keeping this space running. And we currently don't have any sponsors. So if you want to throw us a couple of quid, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash After the Tone. As ever, keep the conversation going. Hashtag After the Tone POD. And uh, Debbie and I will see you in a couple of weeks. So um, thank you very much for keeping us entertained and keeping us busy. And um, yeah, series three. See you then. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Kilbride, with shout-outs this week to Liv Morris, Lorraine Bowen, JJ Cranston and Podcast.co. It's a Debbie Productions production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.